0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. How's everybody doing today? Everybody have a good week? Had a great week. For those of you that are sports sports fans, the NFL started training camp this week. I'm glad some of you did that, because this whole message today is going to have football intertwined, because it is, I don't know how many of you who, who have read Colossians and read a lot of Paul's writings. The dude puts a whole lot of information into everything, and uh, some of the verbiage is, like it should be, it, it's going to be simple, like this is going to be a simple message, but it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing, because it was totally something God gave us to hear today, um, But he uses these crazy words, and as I'm studying, I'm like, what do I, I don't even know how to say that. So like, writing it out, doing it like four or five times, I had a wonderful little bird come and fly on my shoulder and say, dude, make it about something that you know. I know football. Um, Hopefully, you guys get to know a little bit about that today, too. Um, But you're going to learn a lot about Paul. So if you could open your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 1. We're gonna start in verse 24. Um, Three weeks ago uh, my good friend Brandon preached uh, from chapter 1 verses 1 through 14 about salvation and sanctification and it was awesome. It's always good to hear about how to walk it out because it's really difficult and we need to be reminded. Um, So I thank him for that. It was fantastic and great. And then last week, my wife preached on who Jesus is, and that was uh, still chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. And um, because she's my wife, I get to talk her up a little bit and just say, I was so proud of her. Uh, she, was, she, was, she was amazing, and uh, like to go after her, it, it was a little frightening. And I was like, God, I really need some of what you gave her. And uh, I, feel, I feel she kind of had an advantage over most everybody because she is pregnant. So two people <laughs> preaching at once, like there's a lot of power inside of there. Um, so I chalked that up, and then, and then I thought about it. I was like, what does she do that I don't do that God probably, probably blesses? And I was like, I don't know. But I got out of the shower this morning, I realized I had no deodorant, so I took hers, I put it on, and I am guessing that God told the people at Dove that he loves strawberries and pomegranates. He mixed it into a deodorant, put a little Jesus God love on it, and now I got that today. Okay? So I'm about done with that, and we're going to get on to this. Today I get to speak about the importance of Paul's ministry which is fantastic because it's a very, very important message. If you guys would bow your heads with me real quick, let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to, to hear your word, the bread, Lord God, that we get, to, we get to be filled up with it. Lord, I pray that you just uh, just flow throughout this place. Allow us to enjoy, enjoy what you have for us, to take joy in those times where where we suffer to know that we're doing it for you, I pray that this message today sheds some light on that. Lord God, shed some light on what what Paul did, what you commissioned him for. We thank you for this day in your mighty name, Amen. Um, sorry about drinking the water. It's been a long week. Um, so. If you were obedient to what God told me to tell you, you would have turned to Colossians one twenty four, and I'm going to start reading. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Um, it's, it's such a good piece of scripture. Bless you. Um, I had one other thing before I got into this. As I was telling you, Paul uses a lot of words, a lot of verbiage that... Um, that I, I, I probably expounded on, that I shouldn't have. I was trying to simplify it and make it smaller and make it easier because it's, it's basic, it's simple, but it's amazing. It's all knowledge that we need to have and what we need to use. So if I ramble, if I start going on a tangent, don't do it right now. But I need somebody to scream out, simplify. And then I will just tell you the point. Because honestly, the point is all we really need. So I have a question for you. Who is in ministry? Now I know, I know some of you probably see those who come up on stage as those who are in ministry, those who are on staff. Uh, obviously, Pastor Ben, Pastor Katie, Brandon, Mel, uh, Trinica, Naomi, Joe, me—all the people that you see who come and uh, serve here are partners in ministry. Which some people who who sit on the outside are like, uh, I'm not really in ministry. But that's the thing. That's what we're told in the book of Colossians. That's what this message from Paul is saying. If we have Christ in us, if we have made him our life, invited him into our lives and let him lead us, we all have a ministry. We all have a role. Um, we are all playing on the same team. We all got the same coach. We are all striving for the same goal. And that's what Paul's ministry to Colossae is. He's not bragging. He's not saying it took me eight days to write two-thirds of the New Testament. He's not saying that. He might have been that great. But that is not what he is saying. He's saying we all get to minister because that's what God has given us. He has given us gifts that we all get to play that role. Yeah, some of us work in the church. Some of us are pastors. But we all have a role. We don't need to look at them and be like, oh, my gosh, that is what I want. Because God gave you gifts for where you are. So that is something that I really wanted to get across. And I want you to, uh, if you can, you don't have to turn there. But Ephesians 4.11 has something that I want to read to you. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. A lot of us are all of those things, or one of those things. That's what he is telling us. We have a role. We get to help equip the saints for building up the body of Christ. So don't ever doubt yourself. Know that you have a role. Pray about what that is supposed to be. If you've been toiling over that for a while, if you've been asking God, get in the word pray if you need to take a a a test a gift test you could go to next and then get plugged into the church start serving it's perfect shameless plug I guess nobody really enjoyed it (gasps) thank you Uh, we're gonna go to uh, my first little point that I want to have is in ministry we need to have the right perspective this is all based really from verse 24 Paul knew that he was going to suffer Paul did that with the right perspective. Paul rejoiced that he was counted to suffer shame for the name of, uh, uh, for his name, for Jesus Christ. He counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. He rejoiced in that. He was called out by Jesus. Hey, Paul, I need you. I need you to be my quarterback. I need you to lead my team. To help build them up. Because you guys get to do this all together. And the effort that he put into them, this this message he gave to them, telling them that they are going to be equipped. They are going to be brought up. And they're going to be working alongside of him. God gave him that role and Paul said, you know what? I'm going to accept that. No matter what I have to go through. No matter what I have to suffer through. I'm going to take every hit. I'm going to get up and smile. I'm going to laugh about it. I may get a concussion. I ain't going to sue nobody because you can't sue God. Break a leg, break a hand. I may get put on the bench. But you know what? I still have a role. I still can minister from there. And he took joy in that. He rejoiced in that. Even that's still crazy to me sometimes. I was in jail writing this. Could you imagine seeing a dude in shackles, feet, legs, I don't know. He probably wasn't because he had to write or else somebody else. But I don't know. Laughing, having a good time. Well, I'm just doing the work for the Lord. Don't worry about me over here. Having a good time. Um, if you, uh, the last point of that is we need to be happy. You know how happy we need to be in our rejoicing? That God, God, God picked us for his team. We are on the winning team, okay? We need to know that right now. It's already been won. There are little battles that we still got to take part in, though. We have to win others for him. So know that. Don't get discouraged. Know that the, the battle is won, but we still have to fight, and we're still playing for something, and we're playing for others. We're playing for other souls. It's not about us. Acts 538 says this. So in the present case, I tell you, Keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them. They charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. They knew they were on the winning team. They got beat. They got flogged for it. But they did not get charged. And you know why they they did not get charged? It's because these people knew better. They didn't want to go against God. That is not a fight they're going to win. So they let them go. They gave them a good beating, but these guys came back and they were rejoicing. Yeah, that's good. That they were chosen, counted worthy, just like we are to suffer for him. Suffering doesn't sound like fun, but you know what? If I can take joy in suffering, then there is nothing that's going to hurt us. Yeah. There is nothing that's going to come against us that we can't handle. Learn to laugh in the face of it. It's probably easy. <sighs> From prison? Paul rejoiced in the suffering for the Gentiles in Colossae because he had that right perspective. Our perspective is that if we are going to fight, we are fighting for them. It's not about what are we going to get out of this. That should be the perspective. The right perspective is to say, God, how much are you willing to let me do in your name for the sake of your kingdom? And how many of us are willing to take that on How many of us actually want to ask that question? In ministry, we have a responsibility to the message that God has given us. Paul had been given a stewardship from God, a responsibility, an obligation that he was obedient to. We need to be obedient. It's difficult It comes with suffering sometimes, but we need to be obedient. Verse 25 and 26, it says, Fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations. Mystery. Some of us hear the word mystery and we're like, oh, the ending to a cool novel or that show that I like to watch. I don't know who did it, but I have an idea. Biblically, what this is saying, it's a sacred secret that is revealed, not known before, but now known. Go to Ephesians 3, 1 through 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, on behalf of you Gentiles, those who did not know God. He was a prisoner for Not fun, but he still had joy in it. A prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. They are fellow heirs. They have a right to this members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. God is revealing through Paul that covenant that Christ in you, the hope and the glory, it's not just for the Jewish believers anymore. It's for the Gentile believers too. It's for each and every one of us. You know? It's it is God himself, the person of Christ Getting involved in our lives, getting personally involved in each and every one of our lives. Imagine the impact. Imagine the impact that that had on those in Colossae. They united. The Jews and Gentiles, they get to share in that, they get to do that together. The Gentiles had to go crazy. We finally get that. We don't have to fear death, we have eternal life. We are given eternal life. Can I get somebody to give me an amen for that? Because honestly, amen. eternal life sounds cool. And I know, Arturo, senior, you are here. I looked around earlier. I did not see you. Could you just say hallelujah? Arturo, senior, please. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In ministry, we have to look and say, what are our intentions? Verse 28, I'm going to read this real quick. Verse 28 through chapter 2-3 says this. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling. No iPad, no iPad, don't do that. Maybe one second. Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. That starts off saying, Him we proclaim. Our intention is to proclaim Him, Christ Jesus. We're not proclaiming some person who toots their own horn. We're not proclaiming some guy who says, I have this much spiritual knowledge. I can preach in the the Greek. I know all the Hebrew. That's not who we're proclaiming. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ not somebody who builds themselves up and proclaims themselves. We're proclaiming this man. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sakes. For Jesus' sake. Uh, we need to be wary of those false teachers. We need to watch out for them and we also need to warn one another for the, about that and I was, uh, I was getting really deep into the whole warning part and you know what we all know what warning means if I have a little brother or a little sister and they, they are coming home from practice at night it starts to get a little dark and they tell me you know what I don't need a ride I'm going to walk through the alley and go home you know what I'm going to warn them and I'm going to tell them don't do that it's not safe there You guys, that's what we have to do for one another. As we reach out to those that God has called, we need to warn them that there is a devil, there is a liar, there is a deceiver who's going to come after you because he wants nothing more than to take your hope, your joy, that glory. He wants to find a way to steal that from you. And so as we warn them, we need to warn each other as well. Those who are already built up in God, because He's sneaky, He's deci- uh, deceitful, He's deceptive. We need to warn one another. We need to have each other's backs. We are all on the same team. Don't forget that. No one of us has anything greater. You may lead 100, I may lead half of one. But you know what? That's what God gave me a gift for for that person. Something we need to do is we need to be intentional. We need to be so intentional about that. And I'm not saying warn them in everything, but obviously when when it comes to you, we need to be discerning about that. But we need to be intentional because you know what? If you don't do it, you can't count on the person next to you to do it. As Christians and believers, we do that a lot of the time. We don't want to offend somebody. You know what? I'm going to let the next guy tell you that you should not be sleeping with your girlfriend. It's not okay. We have been given this. We get to speak into that. If they allow us to, God has given that to us. We need to be intentional with the people around us. Yeah. We also need to teach. I was also going to get deep in this in the teaching. <laughs> we need to teach the spiritual truths of God. Plain and simple. Simple. The goal of warning and teaching is that we present everyone mature in Christ. Mature is a pretty deep word, but you know what? You can't get overwhelmed by it. Because if some of us just came to God and we have God residing in us and living in our hearts, he's given us the ability to speak to others. There are some who can teach in one way and there are some who can teach in a different way. There are some who have a better skill in teaching. You might have a better skill somewhere else. But don't be ashamed. If all you can tell somebody else is how God entered your life and how God spoke to you, that's good enough. What else do you need? This is what happened to me. God did this for me. He changed my life. Doesn't have to be the craziest thing on the planet. It's a small little teaching, but it's pretty good. I'm going to skip up to chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, because uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, spiritual maturity. I'll read chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding in the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge so good, so much inside of that that I really just wanted to spend like an hour on it. I spent so much time looking at it, trying to figure out exactly how to say it, exactly how to communicate it, and I had no idea if I even did, so hopefully you guys get it. <laughs> it said that their hearts may be encouraged. The word "encourage" actually means with heart. Spiritual encouragement gives you a new heart. We've all been encouraged. Sometimes we've been in fake encouragement, shallow sympathies. Somebody will act like they're encouraging, but you know that they really didn't mean anything by it. You actually know that they were trying to hurt you by it. We all know what real encouragement is. I am blessed. I will tell you, I am very blessed. Because when my wife encourages me, she brings out the best in me. And there is no feeling that is greater than that. Good woman. Um, There's also something else. Yesterday we had prayer. So for those of you who don't know that we have prayer on Saturday nights, from 6 to 7 at the offices, you should show up sometime. It's a lot of fun. As we pray, we always pray for the message and the word. And uh, there is also something that is amazing when people come and lay hands on you because they know that God is using you some of us in a place we never thought we would be, but God is gonna give you a word in allowing you to give his word towards other people to help edify his church, to help build it up. And so when hands were laid upon me yesterday, it was very relieving, it was very nice because you can ask Joe after this, I spent a lot of time being discouraged Thinking that I had, I was so confident I had a lot of great things to say. And then every time I would look at it, I was like, whoa, I have no idea how to say this. I'm so confused a little bit by it. It almost hurts to look at. I want to just pick up my phone and be like, I don't know. I'll look at Facebook. I don't even really like Facebook, but I have some things that I have to do on there. I don't know. Find something to occupy my time because I was so greatly confused. But then I got to simplify it. And you use football. It was awesome. There is nothing like an encouraging coach. Not a lot of coaches that are encouraging, but I will tell you this we have a coach. We have a pretty fantastic coach. He can encourage us in many, many ways, even when it feels like we are at the very bottom, even when it feels like we are already in that jail right next to Paul. He's gonna give us a paper and a pen and say, hey, write this letter, it's gonna be fun. Find a way to send it off. He's amazing. That's why he gives us people around us who can do that. That's a gift. Being knit together in love. We're to be united. Knit together. One. United. To be as one. There is no I in team. It's said all the time. But in the team that God has in us, if there's somebody who wants to step out and be on their own, do you know what happens during that time? Causes division, usually. It breaks people apart. It hurts relationships. It hurts the word of God. Knit together in love. It's not a lot to ask. Once again, we're all playing on the same field for the same thing. We want to win. We know we win in the end. But we still got to play the game. To reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. There's a lot of people, I, I read this in the book, and they use the word, we have a lot of people who are like paupers. And I stole it directly from there. Poppers are like back in the day kings and queens who rely on basically the aid of others all the time. You guys, we're not called to be poppers. As mature believers, we need to be fully assured of Christ in us, of who he is in us. You know what? Our assurance is Christ directing us. If you question your salvation... First off, you don't have any reason to. But if you do question your salvation, there's a great chance that you're neglecting the Word of God. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Open up the book. If you have doubts, look at your life and see what you're doing. We're going to go back to chapter 1, verse 29 because now it's more in order. I'll read that real quick. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that he powerfully works in me. It's not my energy. It's his energy within me. It's his power within me. I know that we all have a person in our lives since we've come to God that we pray for constantly. Family member, best friend. I don't know, but I know we all have that person that we've been contending for for so long, for such a long time, and it doesn't feel like anything's changing. We need to know that this is God's game plan. God's laid this out. What we do know because in football, you have running backs, you have wide receivers. As a quarterback, I know where my running back is supposed to go. I know where my receiver is supposed to, ball, is supposed to go. I don't know where my running back's going to end up. If he's supposed to run through this hole, there might be a defender over there, so he has to go around. There might be an obstacle there, but you know what? He also might go to the house and score. Yeah. That's pretty neat. If I throw a ball to a receiver, there's a chance somebody could intercept it, knock it down. That happens sometimes. Doesn't mean you don't throw it to him again. God decides what the outcome is, not us. God decides what the outcome is. That's when we get to rest in him. We don't physically just rest and take off time, but we get to rest knowing that God, he formed this game plan. God, he gets to determine when this time comes. No longer on us. Lastly, in ministry, we need to make progress and grow. That's chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. Real quickly, I can read it. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith that just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Life as a believer, we were never called just to stand still. You're even, I'm going to rewind that. It was going to be smooth. wasn't smooth. You're either walking forward where you're walking backwards, which is backsliding, that people call it. It was not as cool as I thought it was going to be. But we need to know that. We need to know if we are standing still and stagnant, that is not what God called us to do. We need to be moving forward. We need to be making ground with those that he's called us to speak to. Hebrews 6.1 in the ESV says this, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Honestly, I just sat there. I'd been staring at stuff for days, and I was like, I got no idea what that's even saying. So I went to the message. If you guys need clarity on something sometimes, open up the message. <laughs> Hebrews 6.1. So come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ. Get on with the grand work of art and grow up in Christ. Grow up in Christ. That's all I needed. Simplify. Grow up in Christ. We are not making progress. If we are not making progress, we are left open. Football terms again, if we do not have the right people in the right places, you're going to get your quarterback killed. If you got your 300 pound lineman in the backfield and you got a four foot dude on the front line, they're going to get through there. They're going to smoke them. Not fun. We need to be prepared. If we're not making progress, We're not helping ourselves out. Identify your enemy in verse uh, verse 4, chapter 2. To make progress, you need to know what you're up against. Once again, we know that Satan is a liar. We know that he's a deceiver. Plausible arguments is what the verse reads. Plausible arguments, that's persuasion. Satan is very deceptive. He uses words. He uses situations. He uses people to lie to you. He himself will come and lie to you. We need to have spiritual discernment. We need to have people around us, those who have helped build you up, those who have spoken into your life. Keep them around you, your pastors, your uh, community group leaders, those within the church that you spend time with who you look up to, who mentor, talk to them. Find out if what you're doing is going down the wrong path. Let them speak into your life. Pick up the word and read it. Verse 5 says this. Paul uses the words order and the word firmness, which are both military terms. Military guys, I would love to speak to you in military terms. I, of all people, am nowhere close to being a military man, and I do not believe I could do it, so I thank you all. It's absolutely unbelievable how you guys serve our country. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, I thank you all, because if given the option, I'm sure I'd probably, have to, I'd probably do it if that was the, what God told me to do. But outside of that, it would freak me out every single day. So I'm going to put it in football terms again. Order once again, putting everything in their proper place. If you're not aligned in the right places, if your lineman, once again, is outplaying receiver, a 6'5 guy who's 340 pounds is not going to go out on a route, your kicker should not be throwing passes. Becky, you can come up. You guys can all come up. It's good to see you. Your kicker practices kicking all day long. That's what he does during practice. For three hours, he kicks a football. You're not gonna let them go throw it. It just doesn't make sense. That's not the right order. You're gonna get run over, you're gonna leave yourself open for attack, and you're gonna get beaten. Verses 6 and 7 say this We need to walk worthy of the Lord. Chapter 1, verse 10 says that we need to walk worthy of the Lord. Paul also used that at least seven different times in the book of Ephesians. And how? What does that mean? How did we originally receive Christ? Through faith. That's how we do it. Faith. Progress in growth through faith. If we keep building ourselves up spiritually, if we keep encouraging others, if we are obedient to what God is calling us to do, our faith is going to build. Our spiritual maturity is going to rise. We will be that much more prepared for what He has for us. Who He has those divine uh, interactions, those divine appointments with. We're going to be prepared. Because we're growing, we're growing in Him, we're growing in what He has for us. It also says to be rooted and built up. So much fun. We are not tumbleweeds. The wind doesn't just get to blow us around from place to place, from soil to soil. We are planted, we are rooted, we are in a firm foundation. When your roots are set, you take in nourishment, you get stronger. You become stable where you're at. A lot of us are unstable. It's difficult to do what God has called you to do if you are unstable. Root yourself, plant yourself. If you feel like, if you feel God has called you to this church, but sometimes you step out and you go to another one to, to see if maybe there's a better word or the people are nicer, but God told you to be here, plant yourself. There's a reason why He wants you here. Edify, I said a little bit earlier, edify means to be built up. God gives us those people around us. God gave us pastors. God gave us leaders. God gave us mentors. He also gave us something else. He gave us the word, the bread of life. If you need to eat, you got to eat. To live, you need nourishment. One of the easiest, quickest, greatest ways to be nourished is to read your Bible, to eat some food. He placed it right there for you. You don't even have to pay for it. I guess you kind of have to, but you get to rejoice in that. So sometimes you have to suffer. But in the end, you know who it's for. You know that you win. There's nothing wrong with being on the winning team. It hurts. It hurts sometimes. Last but not least, abounding in thanksgiving. <laughs> abounding is described basically a, a riverbed where the river is overflowing the banks. Christ, I'll read this to you. This is really fun. John seven thirty-seven. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It's very clear to me right there that Christ is the living water. And if we take part in him, we can have that river. It'll be flowing out of us. You know what that is? Man, if we got so much inside of us that it is pouring out of us, it makes our ministry so much easier. I'm not all about taking the easy way out, if, but if the easy way out is getting closer to God, growing yourself, becoming more spiritually mature, man, if that's the easy way, I'd rather do that. I don't want to sit in jail. I don't want to have to write a letter like this while my hands are up. I don't know how to do that. Take the time. In your relationship with God to have relationship. Spend time with Him. Enjoy Him. If we're abounding in Thanksgiving, we're making spiritual progress. Nothing bad comes from progress. You're getting closer to the goal. You're getting closer to what He has for you. It's a very nice end game. Is what He has for us. If you guys would bow your heads with me, Lord God, we thank you for this day today. We thank you for this time that you uh, that you've given us here. You've allowed us to uh, uh, to hear a word, a message that uh, that you spoke, Lord God. That your great steward, Paul, that you you made him your steward, Lord God. To talk to us, to tell us, to speak to us that we have that opportunity. And we are so thankful. So thankful, Lord God. I pray that, that through that word, you just revealed that to somebody today. I know. I know there are people out there who are just struggling, who struggle with God, who struggle with what ministry he has for them, where he wants them at. If it's super difficult for you to to go to work and talk to people at work, if it's hard for you to talk to the people in your family, maybe you need to spend a little more time with him because I'm guessing that he gave you that gift to speak to those close to you. It's just hard and it's scary. But sometimes in that suffering time, you'll be able to rejoice. If it's for God, you're going to rejoice all the time. If that's you today, if that is you who is struggling to see exactly what it is God has for you, just raise your hand and let me know who I'm praying for. If that ministry has just been eluding you, thank you. Thank you. And some of you today don't actually know or have that relationship or, or, or know that Christ in us, the hope and glory. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord and, and you feel like something that he grabbed hold of you today, That he touched you with something in that message. That you see yourself and you say, you know what? Whatever this is doing in me right now, I need to bring to somebody else. I can touch somebody else with. Would you raise your hand so I know that I'm praying for you and alongside you? Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing inside each and every one of us. Lord, we give you all the glory that you use those that we we can never expect. A guy who persecuted Christians was killing off your church. Then on the road to Damascus one day, things changed. No matter where we've been at, Lord, you've got a plan for us. You've set that aside for us. So I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray for those who are searching for that ministry you have for them, Lord God. I lift them up. I pray for vision. I pray that you speak to them. I pray that you show them, Lord God. I pray you give them clarity for what it is you have for them. In your mighty name, Lord, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.